I see you do it again, you're fucking gone. My name is Matthew Kroll. And there's no fucking way we're shutting this movie down. My name is Shahir Dowd. We are the gold standard. I'm Jessica Tucker. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the not film, all of the crazy <laughs> movie news that has gone on in the last week and a half. I feel like, though, we've just quoted maybe the most memorable movie or a recording of a movie that we have seen uh, all year round. Maybe the movie that we've been all wanting to see all year round, which is, of course, uh, uh, from Tom Cruise on the set of Mission Impossible 7. Well, I... Uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you what I want to see. I want to see uh, the glorious Jess Tucker here to discuss all of this stuff with us. Hi, Jess. Hi. I have a feeling things are going to get heated here, and I really need someone stronger than both me and Shahir to really sort of referee this shit. <laughs> I will put you both in your places. Good. Don't make me come over there. You referee this situation, but we wanted to take the opportunity here to do a little bonus episode on some of the things that have been happening in the film industry, particularly the way distribution is changing, particularly the way people are responding to COVID uh, and Christopher Nolan, because why the hell not? Well, we got we got a three-peat of topics here. Break down what each one of these things are and then start us off with the first one. Okay, so the first thing I really want to talk about this week is the Tom Cruise rant which we all heard on Twitter. We'll get into more detail specifically as we as we go down the line. The sure. second thing is how that relates to Christopher Nolan and the release of Tenet, which obviously came out this week, and whether we're all going to go see it. Digital and, then, and Blu-ray, yeah. Yep. And the final thing is the, the decision by HBO uh, and Warner Brothers to release their entire slate of 2021 movies into the digital streaming platform HBO Max simultaneously with their, uh, with their theatrical release, which obviously we know is going to be limited in somewhat. I think these topics are going to take us some time. So buckle in, settle down. <laughs> grab some grab some movie grab theater some style popcorn. butter popcorn. <laughs> it comes in like nine flavors now. Have you noticed that? There's like movie theater, legit movie theater, kind of raggedy movie theater, yeah, under what, the seat movie theater. theater. Like? Yeah, I, I don't understand it. Uh, but I'm also not, listen, I'm not going to complain about different styles of processed sugar. Um, speaking of different styles of progress sugar. Progress sugar? Yeah, yeah, like the sugar not? of progress. Yeah, Let me sugar. see. Hold on. I'm going to turn my flub. I'm going to turn the frown upside down. Okay, the progress of turning processed sugar into a delectable treat is almost like what it takes to make a film in a very stressful environment, such as during a pandemic. Would you not say that is correct? I might. And okay. I, well, I, I agree. <laughs> I'm still just tickled that Shahir said simultaneous. <laughs> <laughs> we suck at speaking. A couple of things I wanted to talk about. There's, there's three topics I really want to kind of dive into and just roundtable. All three of us work in the industry, um, and all three of us are passionate about movies. So maybe we could kind of just bounce around uh, a few of these things uh, as we hit into the Christmas season. The first is one Thomas Map of the Cruise uh, did. Uh, well, at least there was a leaked recording of of Mr. Cruz yelling at his crew on set of uh, Mission Impossible Seven because of a uh, apparent lapse in COVID uh, protocol. The recording, which uh, is similar to the Christian Bale recording, which came out nearly ten years, uh, twenty years ago now, I think. I think two thousand three was when that came out. Because um, <laughs> who can't remember by heart when Terminator <laughs> Salvation was made? Exactly. Oh man. Um, uh, uh, de depicted Mr. Cruz uh, very angrily uh, mm -hmm. yelling at crew members for an extended period of time. Um, not only at the lapse of COVID regulations, but the bigger implications of of uh what it would mean for Mission Impossible 7 
to shut down. We are the gold standard. They're back here in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. Because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every studio at night. Insurance companies. Producers. And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs. I don't ever want to see it again. And if you don't do it, you're fired. And I see you do it again, you're gone. And anyone on this crew does it. That's it. And you too. And you too. And you. Don't you ever do it again. That's it. No apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their home because our industry is shut down. Jess, how do you feel about Mr. Cruz's uh, Mr. Cruz's uh, uh, thoughtful words to his crew? So, okay, so I listened to the whole thing, and I have to say, like, I'm Team Tom. Okay. Um, and I, the way that I feel is that. Just like, like you said, it's like coming from a standpoint of like being in the business. Um, and then also kind of like what we were just talking about of like, there's the very personal level of like, kind of like your bubble being bursted. And like, mm-hmm. it's like whenever someone's pushing your boundaries, it's like, obviously I think we're all trying to hold space for each other right now that it's like, everyone's a little bit more apt to kind of like snap. But I think that it, for me, like, it's like taking a step back and for a second, putting aside the content of the conversation, it's like you have, um, you have like universals and you have particulars whenever you're telling stories and making points, um, in leadership or just in life. Um, and so I think that like, we can talk about this from like the standpoint of leadership, but then also just like a human level of, I think that like, whenever someone's making a very general statement, like, and someone posts on their Instagram story, for example, like wear an effing mask. Right. It's like, it's a little bit too universal. It's a little bit too general of a statement. And it kind of like points to, there's something inherently kind of like that invalidates their position because it's really just like expressing yourself rather than like pointing to an action or, um, or, or trying to like move moves move somebody somewhere take somebody somewhere with your language is it the vulgarity that's kind of that's that's... it's not necessarily like the vulgarity but it's just like the general blanket thing it's like who coughed on you Mm -hmm. it's like it just begs it begs a personal question whenever someone like throws out like a very universal thing like that and then on the flip side of that you have someone like christian bale who had such a particular which for reference, I think his issue is he was screaming at someone to get out of his eye line. Yeah, it was the like, There was a gaffer. There no, was, was a gaffer was moving a light or something while yeah. he was doing his take or something yeah. like that. Um, so I think that, and it might have been that he yelled at the gaffer, but it was directed. It was about the gaffer, but he like yelled at the DP. But it. so then you have something in that case where it's so, it's on the opposite side of the spectrum it's so particular and it's so specific and it's so myopic that no one can follow you anywhere because it doesn't relate back to any type of like bigger issue i felt like whenever he was making his point like 
he was doing a good job of like making it making it personal this is tom cruise making it personal and then he kept relating it back to bigger issues and then he would give us something specific and relate it back to a bigger issue and i mean that's like in a, in a, in a three minute span like made it like a pretty good point um you know there's the separate issue of like you know, yelling at people. And I think that like, I, we don't know the circumstances, but it's like, whenever you have so many people, um, when you have so many people that have a momentum in a different direction that you have, and you're trying to, for the good of everyone, get them on board. And I'm saying this as like someone who's been a people manager on a set. It's like, Mm -hmm. sometimes you do have to kind of like change your the way that you speak in order to like get that momentum of you as one person going to kind of like get like course correct everybody yeah um and then i think that he kept saying to like uh no apologies and to me like that's like i think that forgiveness and consequences are two separate issues and i agree with that also it's like you it's kind of like beside the point right then of like oh i'm sorry it's just like there has to be a consequence for what's going on. And like, there's all these levels of social contracts. So I'm in LA where right now, like production is considered essential workers. Yeah. And it's touchy. It's like, you're, you're, you're so grateful to be working. Um, but you're also, it's, it's, there's an anxiety to it. There's an anxiety to being on set. You're having to put a lot of trust into the people that you're working with. Yeah. Maybe that you know that the director lost somebody, you know, beloved. And so maybe it's a little bit more. There's like those kind of like personal levels. So there's all these layers of like social contracts that are happening on these sets. And I think to he did a good job of like kind of like speaking to that, but not like getting too, too specific to where it was like. I mean, I think he was saying like you, you and you, but he wasn't like calling specific people out. I thought. It, given the circumstances based on what I know, like, I don't think he did really did anything wrong. And I think that like, it's, it's been interesting to see on social media too, because it's like, there was like one really popular, uh, like a like meme account that I follow and they like called him a Karen or something and everyone, there's this huge backlash. And so they took the post down and they came back out and they apologized and they were like, actually, <laughs> y- you know, like maybe he is in the right. So it's like, I think that it's, I don't know, it's, that's kind of like my hot Sure, take, yeah. I sure. Guess. I think that's a fairly uh, even keel take. 100%. Yeah. I'll go, I'll <laughs> go one side uh, of your even keel take. I'm not normally on Team Cruise. I don't dislike Tom Cruise by any means mm-hmm. of the imagination, but never has he done something that I have found relatable um, <laughs> and, until now. You went into yeah. Vanilla Sky. What's up? <laughs> no, and let like, me and let me say that too. Like this is like coming from like this isn't me being pro or for in any other context. Tom Cruise is just mm-hmm. like looking at this isolated situation. I'm like, he's not wrong. This sounds like a man <laughs> who has been, quite frankly, and whether or not like this is um, whether and how true or not any of the statements are, or like the industry looking at Mission Impossible Seven and. And and making sure that their thing is good to prove that it can be done will help other people. Like all of that makes sense, even if it's not like a hundred percent to the line correct. And I can also see Tom Cruise believing it to be a hundred percent to the line correct. Like and, and and there's a passion that which he when he's when he's yelling in this thing where um 
it feels like this doesn't feel like he like, I know. I think the context is he saw two people like super close to each other looking at a monitor and like like not respecting the social distancing. So he brings up meters in the in the uh, like distance in the in the clip. Oh, he and, speaks to meters and not feet. Uh, yeah, I love him wow. already. I love him. What a what a flex. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah. I'm there. So so um, now, but but his reaction feels like he's been. It feels like someone who has been constantly correcting people for weeks. Like it has that energy of like I've told them this a million times. I'm time. sick and tired. And, 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 and that snapping point, that uh-huh. that point that Shahir experienced with an old woman in a department store. Like it. There's. And and because a lot of us have, especially because we're sort of seeing both sides of what people are doing in the pandemic, um, yeah. I feel like we all three of us fall on the side of erring on the side of more caution. We are, and, and, and not only for our own safety, but just in general for the safety of others. We don't see masks as a political statement because that's fucking stupid. Like the, the idea of doing a small, a insignificant thing that is um, that is just one extra step to your daily life to help ensure that your fellow human being does not die. Uh, somehow became a thing infringing on people's freedoms when we ask how to do it. So, you, but we've been seeing a lot of different things from other people uh, uh, outside of our bubbles. I might even say, or even maybe some people within, depending on who we're talking about, of people not doing the bare minimum to keep other people safe. And because of that, we are in second wave. Because of that, this is lasting longer than it had to. And since I feel the frustration that I think Tom Cruise feels in a lot of this thing, where. If everyone had just been fucking kind and not a dipshit, we'd be done by now. Like that, that's the thing. And that's the energy he was bringing to it. And I do think Tom Cruise cares about the movie industry. If Tom Cruise never made another movie, Tom Cruise is going to be fine financially and everything. I think Tom Cruise might have, this doesn't seem like a stretch, a bit of a savior complex and is working his fucking ass off to make sure that the movie industry is still okay in this and the crews that he work with works with are still okay in this. And I think he saw a lot of lapses in judgment that could get them shut down fairly quickly. And he just had a fucking enough. I, I, I really don't like the, it's funny, my takes on, I don't know if this was the one side of take you were talking about, Shahir. Everyone on my feed has been like pro Tom Cruise mm-hmm. yeah. that's, on this, that's kind but of that, what I've seen. but that could be our bubbles as well. Speaking, um, yeah. I could see people who are not fans of masks and social distancing being like, listen to this Hollywood elitist fuck. Like I could totally, and again, I'm straw manning that argument. I have not seen that, but again, I haven't ventured outside my bubble today. I've been busy. Um, <laughs> but so, so on, on the last sort of point of that, I will say that I, I feel, I relate to the righteous indignation that is happening. It is something I've wanted to do to people that get too close, do not wear masks, social, have large social events uh, during all this because they don't particularly care. Um, And I I think Tom Cruise thinks that that this is something that he is actually actively doing and working hard at. He brings up in the thing, I'm on the phone every night, all night with these people to ensure them that we are, can still do this stuff. And when you yeah. do this, that undermines me, that yeah. undermines the system and they will shut us down. Movies are about lit. Like they're about mitigating risk. Like, 
and they the second that fines start coming and it's going to cut into profitability, which we'll be talking about in a second topic before we get to Elf, uh, then things are going to go south. So I am all for what uh, Mr. Cruz is doing here, and it is in no way similar other than register of volume to the Christian Bale thing. Christian Bale was being a spoiled actor. Granted, someone was being disrespectful to him and he flew off the handle for it. This is someone actively trying to protect their like their ability to give people work in a pandemic. Yeah. That's where it, I'm at with it's fucking sa- this it's thing. Like, yeah, it sounds like he's like, you can be exhausted from trying to do the right thing every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Like that can be tiring, especially when you're trying to do it on behalf of a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I and- think the 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 one sidedness of this that I had been seeing was the pro, you know, entirely pro Trump, uh, pro Tom Cruise, uh, you know, sentiment, which is that wear a fucking mask, you know, like do your bit. We're on Tinder hooks here. You know, don't fuck it up for everybody. You know, fucking it up here fucks it up for everybody. Um, which, you know, again, uh, just as you were saying, being on set, being a director on set. I have certainly felt the momentum not going the direction I wanted to and have definitely, you know, felt my blood pressure rising and have found that moment to kind of like let loose or, you know, kind of just assert myself in that way that is uh, probably inappropriate in most time, in most circumstances, but kind of, you know, in my mind, somewhat justified in order to get, you know, because the the problem is, is that if I'm too polite at this point, we kind of keep going in the direction that that doesn't mm-hmm. work for what I need out of uh, the production. Yeah. That's it. I think um, the other side of it that that a small minority had been talking about on uh, uh, about this particular clip was that we've all been there when someone has pulled the the tantrum. You know, when someone has just blown up. And the problem is when it's someone like Tom Cruise doing it. You cannot interject. You cannot say anything about it. The mm-hmm. person is the producer on the show. He's the main star of the show. He is Tom Cruise. You know, like there is no world in which uh, anybody, unless you're maybe Kathleen Kennedy or something like that, uh, can actually uh, counter that argument or diffuse it in any in any meaningful way. Mm-hmm. So it, be- it can kind of come across as being... Um, um, and an exertion of power as opposed to a meaningful, uh, you know, like, can this be dis- diffused in another way? So my point, my point about that is, I think it's interesting that, that the clip is being shared and what we don't know is exactly the details of what happened, how severe it was or how not severe it was, how, how much the indiscretion actually mattered or how much it didn't matter, how much, you know, this has got to do with, COVID as much as it has to do with the difficulties of running a production like Mission Impossible at any given moment and mm-hmm. personalities involved. Um, yeah. So I think it, it's interesting, you know, like I, I've made this comment a couple of times, which is that whenever Tom Cruise movies come out, um, there are certain moments at which we will receive positive news about Tom Cruise. Uh, like, you know, you'll hear stories about him saving, you know, saving someone from a car accident or something like that, just around <laughs> the time a new movie of his is about to come out. And I'm not suggesting that there's like any conspiracy to the matter. The dude might be a really nice guy. I think it's just, uh, just being aware that we are, uh, uh, receiving the, the messages in a sort of, uh, in a very well-managed, uh, public relations sphere. And this might not be that uh, in any way. Are you I'm saying not, this is a plant? No, I'm not suggesting this is a plant. I'm just saying that that it's crossed my mind. It's it's potential, and and, and also it's it doesn't hurt uh, to put out something like this 
Um, no. You know, in the the right context. It could be the case that it was meant to to shame him and it backfired entirely. You Um, conspiracy theorist motherfuckers. No, listen. I'm I'm saying that as someone who studied how film studios produce their talent. And Great. how and how let's, people people in the public sphere manage their public personas. Let's even say that it is. Let's say it's a publicity stunt. I'm I'm not suggesting it. Of course not. Neither am I. Wink. You can't see it. Um, let's say it's a publicity stunt. Good. <laughs> like it still does the thing it needs to do. It's still doing it's, a service. It's the yeah. first meaningful Tom Cruise publicity stunt, if that's the case, that has ever happened. So kudos, team. <laughs> kudos like, team. like it's I I I I listened to this today, and I it made my day better. <laughs> like because you're because you're right, Sheer. No one can tell Tom Cruise to shut the fuck up. Not yeah. I mean, yeah. barely barely anybody can. Yeah, and oftentimes. When we hear someone flying off the handle and they're a person that cannot be told to shut the fuck up, all you want to do is tell them to shut the fuck up. And this was the rare time where I was like, no, yes, please go burn bright, righteous one. Like I was there. But that's because we're watching it from a privileged position of not being at the receiving end of that, uh, of that, uh, but even, but let's even. Let's even talk about uh, real quick. So let's say that it was a hyper minimal violation and and it was the first one and it was just Tom Cruise on a high energy jumping on a couch day and he just flipped out. Still, do I feel kind of bad for the two people who were looking at the monitor too close? I mean, depending there is a world I could feel bad about that, but he didn't fire anyone. He just said he freaked out, made a giant statement and said, I will. Do not do this. This is fucking bullshit. And he and he let off a ton of steam in a way that, again, if if it's a publicity stunt, I think uh, <laughs> that would just uh, make him more of the darling. Although, again, the reason I don't think it is a publicity stunt is because you're going to alienate half of the Tom Cruise audience in doing so, because then he is just a. Uh, uh, a, 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 a member of the deep state trying to get uh, all of movie crews to wear masks to make sure that uh, <laughs> Hillary Clinton won't restart their Pizzagate franchise. Like it's, I want it's not, it's not, a, it's not a thing. So even if I'm he did fly this off the is handle, like guerrilla marketing for Vanilla Sky too. That's all. I'm yeah. Saying. Even even if this even if this was that, and even if they were not like fully deserving, the message that this is giving is an important one. And so if two people who who messed up minorly had to get an ear reaming for f- 3 minutes, I'm 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 okay with that morally speaking. Okay, well, uh to counter that or to to add to that, one of the things that happened, uh you know, Tom Cruise again has a very managed personality. He's not on Twitter. Uh you can check his Twitter account, it's very much a PR account that only posts um, you know, very sparingly, he's not, he's not, uh, behind it. It's anymore. a Tombot. Yeah. yeah. It's a Tombot. <laughs> uh, Tom but but the, one of the last things that was posted was him going, him and Christopher McQuarrie going to see a screening of Tenet, uh, in the UK, uh, Ooh. in the middle of the pandemic, um, in a, in a fairly, you know, like not entirely full house screening, but in a movie theater screening, which is something mm-hmm. that we've talked about on this podcast as being something that we would not do in any way, shape, or 100%. form. Um, and it's something that he did. Um, I won't defend that. Yeah, I'm okay. talking about him freaking out about no. telling people to follow restrictions on a movie set. But because you know, you know uh, to, again to speak to that PR kind of thing, you know, like that was a very managed PR 
effort, and it was brought on by the fact that Christopher, uh, uh, Christopher Nolan had been encouraging theaters to stay open during the pandemic because his suggestion was people need to, you know, movies are an important essential function of society, and we all need to be going to the movies. Hashtag and, die for tenant. <laughs> and and uh, in one of his most dangerous stunts since, uh, cli- uh, you know, uh, climbing onto a helicopter in Mission Impossible Fallout, Tom Cruise took up the challenge and went to a movie theater uh, with a mask on and watched Tenet in a screening in the UK. Now, the point I wanted to bring up is Tenet has now finally been released on Blu-ray and VOD this week. We chose not to discuss it. Um, are you, either of you interested to see Tenet? Is, has the conversation around Tenet and I think the broader implications of what Tenet has become, um, you know, like at the start of the year, Matt, you and I were talking, I said, look, the, the, the summer movie industry really hinges upon what happens with Tenant. Tenant seems to be um, uh, a sort of big talking point for the year. Um, it, it, that, that conversation slowly morphed into its role in the pandemic, which is that it was one of the movies that actually uh, stayed open in theaters or um, was released to uh, um, um, a, a theatrical distribution as opposed to like being withheld like Wonder Woman uh, 1984 was. Does does any of that kind of make you want to see the film or does it make you want to see the film less? Less. I feel like it's like too high maintenance. I don't want to get involved. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought before pandemic, I was one of the few people that didn't give a shit about Tenant. Like I saw the teaser and I was like, cool, Inception, maybe what backwards? Oh, all right. Like I didn't care. And then when the pandemic hit, I was like, oh, no. And then when Christopher Nolan was being kind of a, a, a dingleberry about it, I was just like, really? This is the hill. This is the hill you're going to die, die on. on. This <laughs> like, I was like, oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Well, I guess, you know, at least now I have an excuse to not watch your film and and not have people yell at me for not watching it. But I mean, and again, even the even the people that have seen it, none of them have been like, oh, my God, Tenet's so good. Yeah. Everyone's been like, it's ranged from it's fine to the mix is so bad, I can't understand what people are saying. Like, that's the range I get. In which case, a VOD uh, or Blu-ray might be the perfect avenue to see it because you can turn the subtitles on. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think that could be the thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I have no... I, I know... And I know... I, I'm sorry that I poo-poo on it all the time. I know you were excited for Tenet, Shahir. I'm excited just for Christopher Nolan putting a movie in movie theaters. Now, that was pre-pandemic, obviously. I'm just like... Anytime Christopher Nolan is moving, is putting a movie in the movie theater, I don't watch the trailers. I don't really care what the movie is. I just go, cool. A guy who really cares about the theatrical experience, who cares about making big movies in a way that tries to be meaningful uh, in some respect. I'm like, I'm there for it. <laughs> Except the female characters, but that's you know, fine. whatever. Uh, <laughs> but I'm there for it. I'm, 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 I'm there first in line. Um, to see, to, uh, like for me, I think the 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 I, I'm looking forward to my Friday night this week, where I will sit down and rent Tenant and right. be like, look, it's like going to the movies. Lovely I'm gonna be Friday I'm, night. Yeah, that's a lovely. You're gonna you're gonna crack a little uh, bottle of Pinot. Yeah. You're gonna get into some comfy pants. I'm gonna wear pajamas. I'm gonna drink water because I don't drink, and um, it's I'm gonna go to sleep by ten thirty. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be my rager. kind of night. Yeah, it's gonna be a rager. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be as the kids say, lit. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I can't believe the uh, the ridiculousness of the tenant still push for movie theaters in pandemic thing. And that kind of does lead in. And I promise everybody we are going to get to Elf. Just so, much, Elf. so much happened <laughs> this week before the holiday that I we was. Have, it's nuts. 
Yeah, we got a lot of heat. We got to yeah. get out too. Um, before we get to the joy, the other thing she here, I believe, on your list, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is kind of dovetails out of the Christopher Nolan movie theater conversation, I and that is Warner yeah. Warner Brothers' uh, announcement that for 2021 they will be releasing all of their films in theaters along with a HBO Max release. Yeah, which theaters are not happy about. No, Christopher Nolan's not happy about it. He had a little he had a little little statement. Um and I don't know what do you all think about this little uh chestnut? Uh go ahead, Jess. I mean, I I feel like it was always going to go this way and this kind of like expedited like maybe like the whole like going all in as far as like one studio is concerned. And, you know, they had the perfect avenue to do it. Um, I have HBO Max. I enjoy it. I like it. I think there's a lot on there that, you know, that I can kind of like poke around at. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I mean, it's like because I already have it, like I'm pumped. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I just see Wonder Woman uh, on December 20th. I'm watching it on Christmas Day. It's the greatest gift a corporation has ever given me. And I got a PS5. (laughs) It's just also like, I don't know, like. It's like we like what's tethering us to like the legacy model of needing like I I understand that we I understand that going to the movie is an experience and there is something about like the 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 communal like experiencing the communal emotions I think too of like going through like it's a completely different experience than being on your own I think it's a fun thing to do with friends etc and like yes this may this may end up resulting you know the pandemic plus you know this style of like releasing movies and there being less theaters but it's just also like this is just the evolution of like how things are going we're seeing it in sports too we're seeing it like you know going back to like the martial arts thing like like a company like DAZN you know that is like an OTT platform that's trying to basically like break down like the pay-per-view model. They're like, you guys are like ruined, like essentially like keeping boxing from people right? Mm. Um, by making it so difficult to get the event. Yeah. And so it's like making it readily available on, on a streaming platform like this. It helps, it helps the, the essence of the thing that's being made, you know? And so, and, and I've said I'm this, for it. Yeah, and I've said this before too. I agree with the the I love the movie going experience, but I do feel that pre-COVID for years that that experience has been chipped away outside of specialty theater chains. I always call it Alamo Drafthouse because it's one of my favorites that like actively work to make the movie going experience feel the way a movie going experience should. I don't ever want people to lose their jobs. I'm talking about the on the ground boots of people at AMCs and Regals and things like that. Like that is terrible. And I'm, I'm that I don't want to, I I don't want people to lose their jobs. Right. But I think Regal AMC, all of the large sort of companies, while the plus side of having a large chain nationwide is they can open more movie theaters and hopefully more people can see movies in that style is a good thing but they have chipped away at what makes that experience special due with their um, sort of mismanagement. Uh, I, I've had consistently, granted, maybe New York is a, is a, is a different problem, poorer uh, projection and sound than I feel like I used to get. And uh, to be perfectly honest, I think they mistreat and understaff their, their employees, like to make it yeah. so 
there's no good way to like actually like if there is a problem kind of deal with the problem at hand because they're not staffed enough. The place isn't as clean as it should be because they don't hire enough staff to clean it. Like they've done more to chip away at what makes the experience special before COVID than 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 we are in now. So I kind of see this as a a lovely alternative. When when we are safe, I will bike down to Brooklyn every week that I can to go to the Alamo Draft House to see a film. Like that is an experience that I love. But I will not have love loss nor miss going to an AMC or a Regal or a big budget chain theater. I just won't. I I love that this is coming home. I I don't fully understand the and, and sure, maybe you know this. The 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 model is it gets like on whatever the release date is, it's released in the theater and HBO Max. Then it's only on HBO Max for a month. And I'm not then exactly, I'm not exactly sure how they're rolling it out. There's a there's a bigger consequence to this, which is that a lot of the movies that they're putting into HBO Max have contracts and residual plans and union mm. deals and yeah. all that sort yeah, of stuff that yeah. affect that are based upon its theatrical distribution. You know, like people who work in unions work on theatrically released films for a certain rate and then on television, you know, films for television at a different mm-hmm. rate. And so right. Pushing things like Dune, like Wonder Woman um, to HBO Max means that those deals suddenly, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of downstream impact. On they have this. to change. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there is there is there is bigger consequence to that, to, to this whole thing, other than just us as viewers who sure. are getting the, you know, like, it's great. Yeah. I mean, look. It's a pandemic. I'm not going to the movie theater. Wonder Woman is going to be in, you know, available to stream at home on the day it was supposed to be released. Um, so that, uh, for me, that's a win. There is bigger consequence to that. And I think, you know, part of Christopher Nolan's um, points about Tenet is, is sort of misunderstood as being him like going, I need this to be in a theater. But the the reasons these things need to be in theaters is also itched in contracts, which have bigger consequences for a lot of things. And, and, but it's and, also... And a little, a little bit, bit like Tom. It, well, I just want to say, just a little bit like Tom Cruise's sort of railing about, uh, you know, production shutting down. If movies don't go to movie theaters anymore, um, there is a bigger downstream consequence to, uh, or sorry, bigger upstream consequence to the way movies are made from this point forward. There is a big disruption, but here's the deep, dark, terrible secret of every corporation and movie companies are just another corporation with a product is yeah, everything will be disrupted because the way that money is distributed through people that work on things from the top to the bottom, we kind of see that that's a little bit weighted differently than maybe it should be. And yes, will this destroy the way or or put a hindrance in that like, total top line money dollar thing that a film can make absolutely if they want to survive maybe this might be a wake-up call to try to figure out oh maybe we don't need to pay this executive 10 million dollars while we're not paying the gaffer enough to do a thing maybe maybe there'll be yes there are union contracts for movie theater pictures that need to happen you know what maybe there should be uh contracts like that with a similar value for people who are doing uh, projects for a slightly smaller aspect ratio, like Matt, th- Matt. With all of the all of the the straw manning and vitriol that you're kind of putting out there, do you really believe for a second in any scenario that studios would rethink contracts in favor of a gaffer 
or a downstream here's the below, deal. Here's below the, deal. the line person. Here's the deal. Over no. their bottom line. No, but in listen, any situation, their, their bottom you, line. This is very that for a classic. <laughs> this is very classic, Matt and Sheeran. Yeah. Their bottom line is fucked. But do you? And now, listen, and I, listen I agree to me, with that. To but do you Hold think on. they're going to renegotiate with the gaffer in mind? Let me say this: <laughs> there is no way in hell anything like that would ever happen outside of a cataclysmic shift and damage to their profitability in general. And we're there. So if something were ever, and I'm not saying they're going to do it out of the goodness of their fucking heart. This is like actually people going and trying to like actually fight for their worth. This is a in, this is an inroad to that. The movies currently for last year and probably the beginning half of next year are dead. So now is the time to maybe start thinking about things like that. And if, and, and honestly, if a film can't take if a film's costing $250 million and a lot of that is going towards a, a high end sort of thing and they can't make that anymore. Okay. Like they, they, there needs to be a shift and something needs to change in that regard. Yes, Jess, you're raising your hand. Hi. I have a, I have a question for me and behalf of everyone listening, just to clarify the movie still comes out in the theater. It's just also a simultaneous release on the yeah. app, yes. right? Yeah. Yep. So it's still going to be, but uh, yeah, but it, but it won't but make nearly an, as much. There's an understanding that that the uh, the reason this is happening as well is that the 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 box office numbers that you would normally get from an opening weekend now no longer matter because people can't go to the movies. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. The way in which these movies are measured is entirely changing as well. Maybe, Matt, yeah, I don't maybe, maybe we should, you, but, but maybe we I'm should saying, change the way films are valued based on their stock prices instead of just the first saying, four days it's out in a fucking theater. Like, Matt, that makes no sense. What you're suggesting is like the labor Justice approach to re- reevaluating these movies, not the way that it's actually going to be approached, which is how do studios revalue these movies. And I am saying, I, I 100% agree with your nihilistic view of people being shitheads and not doing this out of the goodness no, of their heart. No, I'm not saying people being shitheads. I'm saying that's not how this negotiation is going to happen. I understand. <laughs> what I'm saying is, if there ever is something like that to happen, it's going to take something outside of everyone's control, aka pandemic, to actually start a crack in the armor to let that happen. I'm not saying it's going to. I'm not even saying it's likely. I'm saying that this would be a good starting point for that. It's always a good starting point to renegotiate contracts. I will say this one thing. There is a great article uh, by Gita Jackson over at Motherboard uh, titled The Movie Theater As We Know It Is Dying. We Can Make Something Better. And uh, the suggestions, that some of the examples that she used are uh, like the Metrograph in New York City becoming a hub during the uh, Black Lives Matter protest for mm-hmm. people to actually use it as a community center. Um, um, and then the other one that she mentions is a Spectacle, another theater in New York City, which has created a Twitch stream for streaming their sort of much more off the beaten path kind of movies and creating the that's the, cool. The the environment through Twitch streaming. Um, the the paragraph I kind of wanted just to mention here. But that that I thought was really great in this is going to the movies is about a lot more than just putting your butt in the seat. They are a site of a community, a place for people to not just see a movie, but engross yourself in a culture of cinema with your friends and family. And I think, I, I think the thing that gets misrepresented in what Christopher Nolan is trying to do, was talking about is that I think he's approaching it from that point of view, but it's getting misinterpreted with the fact that he has a financial. Go, right. you know, he has a financial benefit for tenant doing but well. But no one is saying that that is not important. What we are saying is it's a minor incon on that side of it. I'm not talking about the financial implications. I'm not talking about any of that. If we're talking about like it's it's a thing that we're losing because of this pandemic, this connection that we have, and this ability to go and share virtual share experiences with one another in a common space. Yeah, 
A hundred percent. That's happening fucking everywhere, and people are making sacrifices. So don't tell people to go sit in a fucking enclosed space to watch your goddamn movie. Like, Who's, w- like, there's only one person that we're kind of strawmanning who said that, right? Uh, yeah, like, I'm, 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 and that's not a strawman. He said he wanted people to go see his movie in theaters during a pandemic. He wanted movie theaters to be open yeah. and accessible in safe, in safe manner. And to, there's no, and you know, and he also at argued, these places, he, it's no, 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 not no. safe. On, just one, one small, small factor that I think seems to be getting missed about Christopher Nolan's argument wasn't just that pe- movie theaters should be open. It's that if movie theaters are going to be closed, workers should be subsidized for the time that they are off. And movie 100%. theaters should be, sub, should be federally supported as an essential service if they are forced to shut their doors. Yes, that was sure. a key argument in what Christopher Nolan was saying that seems to be getting missed. Well, that that's a separate thing. He's saying I want them open, but no, if no, they close, said, we pay them. If they close, if it's not safer for people to go into these theaters, they should be federally supported. Because if they go away, cool. they go away forever. That's, that's how it should just be. That shouldn't even be a th- like. We know it's not safe. Shahir, you're not going to a theater. I don't understand why you're standing Christopher Nolan's thing for this. I'm not. What I'm saying is, is that people are misinterpreting what he said as I want my movie to be in a theater. Please go see my movie in a theater. That's not what he said. He what did he said, say that. He, what he said was, if movie theaters can be open, it's important that movie theaters are supported. And movie theaters can't be open. That's that's the thing. <laughs> We're not, we, we're, we've talked about this before. I'm sorry, Jess. Mom and mom and dad are fighting. Mom and dad are fighting about this one. All right, we're not going to solve this. This is something that we've, I, I, I feel like this is another diametrically opposed. This is, this is a spotlight, but for human rights violations is really where we're getting to. Uh, I, I, somehow I, I became the defender of Christopher Nolan during the pandemic. I don't know I how don't that know. happened. I, well, maybe you got to be a, a little, little more careful. Listen, I know we all want to go to Christopher Nolan's house and hang out. And and watch stuff on his screen from a safe distance, but we can't. And uh, you should just uh, <laughs> listen. If I find you Christopher Nolan's number, Shahir, and you become be- best friends, like, will this solve this problem? I mean, uh, let's start by asking him to write us in to see if he'll hang with me anyway and answer all my questions about Memento at, at, at any point anyway. He could do that by emailing us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or hitting us up on Twitter. Christopher Nolan's got a Twitter account, surely. Um, <laughs> that was, I, I do want to say, and I, and this, we will not cut this out. This is why Shahir is the best in the podcast business. That transition was flawless, and my ability to ruin it by calling it out is also impeccable. Yep, uh, without doubt. The 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 best and the worst in the business. There we go. <laughs> and if you're not coming here for that, oh, thank you, Jess. Jess, when when people aren't listening to uh, me and Shahir scream, wait, and no, you... I want to I want to flex also. Okay. Oh, I so I've never told you this before, but speaking of having a connect to a director. Did I, have I ever told you that I was in 2006, James Cameron's personal intern at the NAB show? Oh, snap. and I had, and I literally had his email. So you still never, are you, are you like, still rocking that email? I like literally saved. I didn't know what to do with it. I never used it, but I like saved it to a document. Is it is it Jim, on my desktop? <laughs> is it is Jimmy it still underscore, there right now? Is it Jimmy underscore cams at gmail.com? Please tell me. No, it, is. <laughs> it was like something very obvious. I don't. I won't like blow him up. And I doubt that it's still the same. Well, but yeah, James Cameron at AOL. James Cameron should write us. It in. was something we like can, that. We'll we'll prompt him. Because he can save the movies with the Avatar two, three, four, five experience. Yeah, I Jess, guess. I have a, I have a very important question. That document yes. is it on the desktop of the PC you are on right now? 
No, oh, I because I was going to say that would be changed. the closest we would ever be to James Cameron oh, somehow. Man. Oh, um, that's that's amazing. I can't believe you haven't actually shared that before. Was it a good experience overall? It was great. So he was he was talking about like the future of 3D. Yeah, which <laughs> which unfortunately he dragged us down the road of, and this is why we have <laughs> the Hobbit in 48 frames per second. No apologies there, James yeah. Cameron. Oh boy. I, also laughable. I was like his, like essentially like security intern. Like I had to get him from like room to room. And this was before like, you were jacked. Him. Yeah. And this was before I fought. Yeah. yeah. Um, what professional tip to anybody? If a director gives you their email address, don't email them to appear on your podcast. It's not going to go down well. It's not going to go well. <laughs> it's not going to go well. Trust, trust us when we say that. Um, Jess, when you are not handing out uh, Jim James Cameron's email to people Jim, on the street. Is this the office? <laughs> where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Jessica A. Tuck. Perfect. And Excellent. Matt. When you are not uh, fighting the good fight for the average worker in the cinema or and the movie making business, where can people find you? You can find me at my website, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram and PSN or Emperor MSK on Twitter. Uh, Shahir, when you are not being accused of being a scab by me, even though I know you are not, where can <laughs> folks find you? You can fight, find me union busting at my website, <laughs> www.shahirdad.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R. D-A-U-D.com. Guys, this has been a lot of fun to, to, to round table all of this stuff in an episode where we should have been talking about Elf, but instead hey. decided we had more important things to say, which is probably an indictment on the movie Elf. Here's no, a no question. Shade, no shade. Here's a question straight up. Everyone listening, if you like these little mini episodes, if you'd like to have us come on and discuss things going on in the industry that are not tied to a specific film, Write us in, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Actually, even if you don't like it, write us in and tell us why. I'm just curious about, like, we love talking about a specific movie and deep diving in, but do you like these sort of, like, piecemeal-y uh, news of the day sort of things? I would, I'd like to know. Yeah, or maybe it's a bonus for our Patreon, which we haven't Which created, might happen at some point. But it might happen at some point. You still haven't started it? No. Jess, uh. listen, listen. <laughs> if we uh, are not anything, it is lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. That's nothing. Oh, boy. Anyway, everybody, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you next week. We, Later, we Gators. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Thanks, bye. everyone. Bye. Bye.